Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hey guys, good morning and happy Friday. Hope you all are having a great week so far and that you're ready for the weekend. I know there's a lot of uh, new listeners on the podcast right now, which is very exciting. So hello to everybody who is new. If you are just starting out with this episode in particular, I do want to mention that if you want to go back and listen to my old episodes, they might be under a different name. I've had a few people recently reach out to me and say, hey, we started your podcast from the beginning, but we can't find any of the new episodes. And that is because the podcast went through a name change. And depending on what platform you're listening to, it might not have, I suppose, gone through and it might still be called the old podcast name, which was the name of my ministry, which is P40 Ministries. So that's something to note. But also, if you want to start from the beginning... Be prepared to cringe a lot because when I first started the podcast, I was literally talking into my cell phone. That's how I started it. So I I am very appreciative to everybody who has stuck through with me the entire way. I appreciate that level of grace that you've had with me. (laughs) But okay, let's read uh, Deuteronomy 17 verses 8 through 20 today. As I always do, I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. So let's sit back and relax and enjoy God's word. If there arises a matter too hard for you in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, and between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within your gates, then you shall arise and go to the place which Yahweh your God chooses. You shall come to the priests who are Levites and to the judge who shall be in those days. You shall inquire and they shall give you the verdict. You shall do according to the decisions of the verdict, which they shall give you from that place which Yahweh chooses. You shall observe to do according to all that they shall teach you, according to the decisions of the law, which they shall teach you, and according to the judgment, which they shall tell you, you shall do. You shall not turn away from the sentence which they announce to you to the right hand nor to the left. The man who does presumptuously in not listening to the priest who stands to minister there before Yahweh your God or to the judge, even that man shall die. You shall put away the evil from Israel. All the people shall hear and fear and do no more presumptuously. When you have come to the land which Yahweh your God gives you and possess it and dwell in it and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me, you shall surely set him whom Yahweh your God chooses as king over yourselves. You shall set his king over you, one from among your brothers. You may not put a foreigner over you who is not your brother. Only he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, to the end that he may multiply horses. Because Yahweh has said to you, you shall not go back that way again. He shall not multiply wives to himself, that his heart not turn away. He shall not greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. It shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write himself a copy of this law in a book, out of that which is before the Levitical priests." It shall be with him, and he shall read it from all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear Yahweh his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes, and to do them, that his heart not be lifted up above his brothers, and that he not turn away from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the middle of Israel. 
it's really funny because my pastor just talked about this uh, exact portion on Sunday. So it's like fresh in my mind, kind of. So that that's a benefit to me. It's always fun when that happens because then I can uh, just take credit for everything my pastor says when I repeat it on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, Not really, but anyway, so verse 8 through 13 is talking about the uh, judges. Now, there was one head judge, and we're going to learn all about the judges in the book of Judges, but then there was like littler judges that lived in each community that would, you know, listen to the cases and then judge the people. So there was a bunch of officers and judges and leaders put in place in each city or province or however it worked back in these days. But the main judge, I would guess, lived like in the center of Israel near the place where God chose. Because you can see here in verse 9 that if a minor judge, in other words, not the main judge, if one of the minor judges has an issue that they can't figure out or there's a huge dispute or something is going on and there's some sort of problem in their community that they just can't solve themselves, then they're supposed to go to the place that God chooses and talk to both the priests and also the head judge. So it sounds to me like that judge would live, I suppose, in the center or wherever God chooses to have his temple. He or she would live in that area close to where God chooses. So it says here that you shall come to the priests who are Levites and to the judge who shall be in those days. You shall inquire and they shall give you the verdict and you shall do according to the decisions of the verdict, all which they shall give you from that place which Yahweh chooses. So the the verdict was absolute. If the judge or the priests told one of the more minor judges to do something, that judge was supposed to go back home and take care of it exactly the way that he was advised to do. Now, all of this is God like putting a chain of command in place. The judge, the head judge, was supposed to work side by side with the Levitical priests in order to help Israel. The judges had a huge role, and it wasn't just judging people or hearing cases. Sometimes you can see that the judges end up being warriors and going out to battle and like, Uh, saving the Israelite nation from the hands of whatever enemy. You'll see that a lot also. In fact, most of the judges, I would say, had some hand in saving Israel from some sort of uh, war that they were having. And so, yeah, the head judge had a really, really big role. It wasn't just so much judging Israel, but it was also, in a sense, being the leader and a prophet of Israel that was able to talk with God and also talk with the Levitical priests to help Israel as a whole in many different ways, many different capacities. Now, in every single case, God was the one who appointed judges. He picked them out directly and uh, they were the chosen judge. And because of that, because they were like God's chosen person, similar to Moses, actually, I would say Moses was the first judge of Israel in a sense. You can see many times in scripture, actually, when the people start to rebel against Moses, that God gets very, very angry at the people because God specifically chose Moses for that role. There was nobody better for that role, and God knew that. So God would get angry when the people went against the judge that he chose. And we're going to see that also happen. But God even says here that the people 
should listen to the judges and listen to the priests because the priests and the judges directly communicated with God. So in a way, it was God that was the one that was really judging Israel through these judges and through these priests. And that is why God says specifically to listen to that judge and to listen to the priests. And anybody that doesn't, any of these smaller or minor uh, judges that don't listen, actually it says that that man shall die if he does not listen to the judges. Because at that point, he's going off and doing whatever he wants to do. You know, even though the, the smaller judges, the minor judges were less important, I guess, than the head judge, they still were very important because they were overseeing an entire city. And if this judge that's overseeing a city just decides to do whatever he wants to do and turns away from God's words, then that can cause an entire city to also turn away from God's words because they they might respect that judge. They might listen to him. Other people might listen to him. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And the people begin going astray from God. But something that I find so funny here is actually verse 14. So it says, when you have come to the land, which Yahweh your God gives you and you possess it and dwell in it and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me, you shall surely set him whom Yahweh your God chooses as king over yourselves. I find it really funny that God is already knowing and telling his people that they're going to rebel against the judges. I find that just absolutely hilarious because the people always wanted to be like the nations that surround them. And we'll definitely talk about that and we'll definitely go into that. But the Israelite nation shouldn't have been wanting to be like the nations that surrounding that surrounded them because the Israelite nation was supposed to be set apart and they were supposed to be holy just as the church is nowadays. And you can see the problems that happen now when the church is like, I want to be more like the world or I want to be more like this other more progressive church over here. You can see what happens to churches when they begin to go down that route because the church is supposed to be separate and is supposed to be holy. And unfortunately, the Israelites always wanted to be like the surrounding nations. They always wanted to be the same as the rest of the world. And God specifically tells them so many times, he's like, don't be the same. You are set apart. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. So don't be like the world. And so I just find it hilarious that God's just like, when you go into the land, <laughs> And you're like, I want to be like all the nations that are around me. I don't want these judges anymore. I don't want any of this. I want a king like all the other nations have. God says, well, when that eventually happens, because it will happen, and it actually happens quite early on. Um, God says, when you want a king and you rebel against the judges, then I need to pick that king. So my question was, how is a king different from a judge? Well, a king has more authority than a judge would have had. A judge was under God. A judge was similar to how we see Moses being. And we're going to learn more and more about the judges as we get into those books. But a king had a lot of authority. And because a king had so much authority and the people gave that king so much authority, we're going to find out that the king kind of replaces God. And what I mean by that is that the people want the king more than they want God's words through the judges. That's what I mean by that. 
So a king is kind of independent. A king isn't necessarily a prophet. He doesn't necessarily listen or hear God's voice. But even so, God says, I'm going to choose that particular king that you guys want over yourselves. But then the rest of this is just talking about rules for a king. Now, this is fascinating because just think about this. These rules regarding a king had to have been from God. Because how could the people in this time period, hundreds of years before Israel even gets their first king, how could the people have possibly known to write eventual laws for a king? I mean, this is prophecy. Israel established judges very early on, so they couldn't have possibly known to write eventual future laws for an established king. And that's why I just know that this is specifically from God. It's just so interesting. But anyway, God goes on to state rules for an eventual king of Israel. And he says, first and foremost, the king should not multiply horses. And he also shouldn't multiply wives. That means that a king didn't need to be trusting in his war horses, in his chariots, because God still was the leader of Israel, whether the people wanted him to be or not. God was still the leader and God was still going to help the Israelites in battle. And so God says, don't multiply your war horses, O king. And secondly, don't multiply wives. This means that a king had to have one wife and one wife only. Because two is a multiple. So God says, don't multiply wives. He tells the king specifically that they need to have one wife and that's it. And the reason for this is because marriage, biblical marriage, is between one man and one woman and has been from the beginning of time. And secondly, God talks often about how a woman can often sway her husband into like bad things. We see that even in the be- very beginning of time with the Garden of Eden, where Eve kind of persuaded, in a sense, Adam to eat that fruit, even though Adam knew it was wrong. But women can sway their husbands to do wrong things. So if a man has a million wives or whatever, I mean, who knows where his heart's going to be? And on top of that, a a king did not need to be seeking after self-gratification and self-pleasure. That was not the point of a king, a biblical king anyway. But then after this, God also says, don't return to Egypt because you guys came out of there. Don't go back there. I don't want you to get, I don't want you guys to go back there. And then he says also that a king should not multiply money to himself. He shall not greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. So a king could be rich. He could be wealthy, but he shouldn't be multiplying silver and gold to himself because that is greed. That is wrong. So God is laying down these ground rules for his kings. He's saying not a ton of war horses, only one wife not a bunch of gold and silver, and also don't go back to Egypt. There are four rules for a king. We're going to find out one of the most famous kings in all of Israeli history was King Solomon, and he broke every single one of these rules like a (laughs) hundredfold, if not more. He had a thousand wives and concubines. Solomon did. I mean, man, a thousand women around you, that is, that's just too much. And then he also went back to Egypt for his war horses, and he had a million war horses. And also he married a daughter of Egypt, a princess. And also he multiplied a ton of silver and gold 
to himself. He was the richest king in all of Israel. And yet he was the wisest king also in all of Israel, which is absolutely fascinating that somebody so wise could break every single one of God's rules. But we'll talk more about that later. But after this, the last couple verses talk about how a king needed to be in line with God's word. He needed to be actively studying God's word, actively listening to the priests, and actively doing all of the laws in the scriptures. The Bible isn't just a bunch of rules and regulations that God puts in place to make people miserable. That's not what they're for. They are guidelines for life. They are God's words to us. And since God designed us and God created us, he knows how we best work. And the laws are put into place to show people how they're best going to work. In fact, all of the Bible is put in place to show that. And if people stray further and further away from the design that God created them to be, they're going to be unhealthy, unhappy, unfulfilled human beings. And they're going to be terrible leaders also. So if you're a leader in your community, the best thing to do in order to learn how to better lead others is to listen to scriptures. I really like Dave Ramsey. I talk about him a lot, actually, on the podcast. I like him. And one of the things he says, because he he advises many people about money, he says that even if you're not a Christian, go and listen to the book of Proverbs, because the book of Proverbs is one of the best books for learning how to handle your money. And Dave Ramsey himself applied a lot of the principles he read out of Proverbs to his own life. And that was when he started gaining wealth. So, I mean, the Bible has so much wisdom in it. The Bible is a guidebook for our lives. And it's also God's words to us. So we should be actively reading the Bible. And that is why I tell you guys on this podcast, don't just listen to what I have to say. Also read it for yourselves. Because look at this king right here. He had the Levites to tell him, you know, all the words of, of the scriptures. But God commands this king to actually read it himself. It says in verse 18, the king shall write himself a copy of this law in a book out of which is before the Levitical priests. It shall be with him and he shall read from it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear Yahweh his God to keep all the words of this law and these statutes and do them. So it's not just about going to a a church service and listening to the preacher or tuning into this podcast and listening to what I have to say. You got to go in and you got to read it yourselves because if a king had to do it, even when he had like the best Levitical priests around him all the time and the best prophets and all these people to teach him the Bible, God says, go into it and read it yourself because that is how you're going to learn the most. And that is very true. When I am reading the Bible myself, that truly is when I learn the most because the Holy Spirit comes and talks to us. The Holy Spirit guides us through the Bible and he helps us along with it. He helps us to understand it. In fact, it says that the Holy Spirit specifically is a counselor and he's the greatest counselor. And that is why I think reading through the scriptures yourself is so, so important because that gives the Holy Spirit access to you and you can hear the Holy Spirit more directly than you can if you listen to this podcast or, or any other sermon or whatever else. 
And I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen to biblical podcasts or sermons or my podcast. That's not what I'm saying. But always, always go back through and read it yourself. If you liked the podcast and you want to share it on your social media platforms, please do. And please also write a review and uh, and click that five stars button on whatever listening platform you are on. Now, faithful listeners, I just hope that you have a wonderful weekend. And by the way, I want to talk to you guys about something. I have an idea for another book that I want to write. And I'm very excited about it, but I'm not going to uh, spill the beans about it just yet. I'm going to actively work towards it. And by the way, this is something I thought of this morning. So (laughs) whether this comes to fruition or not is to be determined. But uh, I just have such a great idea. I'm just so excited about this idea. And um, I just wanted to verbalize that for some reason. But anyway, guys, I will see you all on Monday for an episode out of Deuteronomy. We'll be talking about Deuteronomy 18 on Monday. So tune in then, but have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Happy listening and God bless.